welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? It's going great. How are you, Marco? Excellent. What are you drinking tonight? I'm having a whiskey ricky. What's in that? It's half a lime, some whiskey, some seltzer water, and ice. That's it. Nice and easy and simple. Is it sweet? No. (laughs) Sweetest thing in there is the bourbon. Fantastic. And you? I'm having a Kentucky Mule. What is a Kentucky Mule? It's a little bit of whiskey and about a half a can of sugar-free ginger beer and a little squeeze of lime, all mixed together a in a glass. Bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll. No. That's whiskey. Maybe. I don't know. It's really good, though. Highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, cheers. Cheers. So, Jess. Yes? Big week. It was a big week. You had a birthday? I did. You had Mother's Day? I did. The pool opened? It did. Kind of, except for it's too cold to go swim in it. it's open, and it's got blue water in it, so that's exciting. Yeah, we opened it, and then it rained, and it's been in the 50s, but hey, 70s and 80s forecasted for next week, so we got it open at the right time. We did. Shocked it. We just got to get the last of the leaves and everything else that kind of slipped into it mm-hmm. out of there. And it'll be good to go just in time. I'm so excited. The kids can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Get some swim laps. Somebody other than Gator Boy will get some swimming exactly. in. Exactly. I'm going to beat him. Are you? I am. It's on. So if mm-hmm. Gator Boy is listening in, it's on. It's on. Yeah. The 20-something-year-old Gator Boy is being challenged and called out by the 30-something-year-old Jessica. <laughs> this is going to be great. I do like to swim. We'll, so. see, we'll see if Gator Boy responds. Yeah. In addition to the pool, we also Stevie Beef. We are actually, there's interest in Stevie Beef. This, this robin in our window, well, or in the bush by our window. Yeah, have we talked about Stevie Beef? We talked about Stevie Beef last week. Okay. And Stevie Beef has now got a hashtag on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, Stevie Beef is our little, she's our little Robin who made a nest right in the middle of our French room window. And we can see right into the nest. We can look her straight in the eye all day long, every day. And it is fantastic and magical. So I've gone out, I don't know, once or twice every single day to check on the eggs and take pictures of them. And now the eggs have hatched. And there are four really ugly babies in there that are popping their heads up with their mouths open every time something comes over the nest. And it's really, it's really cool. The kids think it's amazing. And another adult Robin has joined in to help feed the babies. The kids just assume it's Mr. Beef. Yeah. Apparently there are daddy Robins. I had no idea. Did you? No. Kid number four is so cute. She runs in there several times a day to check out Stevie Beef and see if Stevie Beef's in there and her babies. She has named, not only did she name Stevie Beef, she named everybody in the Beef family. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny that an American Robin family are the Beef family. The Beefs. But Mr. Beef is Beefy Beef. Beefy Beef. Then we have Stevie Beef, the mom. Mm-hmm. And the four new hatchlings. Eggy Beef, Yogurt Beef, Birdie Beef. That one makes sense. It does. And then my favorite. Bacon beef. Bacon beef! She said that to me last night and I died. I could not stop laughing. Oh, we expect big things out of bacon beef. Yeah, he better be the first one to fly away. (coughs) Mm -hmm. He's the rubble in the family. (laughs) Well, aside from the beefs, we also had yet another week of e-schooling. I think this is like our eighth week of e-schooling. This is our ninth week tracked at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did have spring break in there, which was a break from e-learning. And it was amazing. Yeah. But we were all still stuck at home. So it's it really has been nine weeks of shelter-in-place, quarantine, life in the age of Rona. Yay! But how did e-schooling go this week? E-schooling was uh, interesting this week. We've got kid number three who had lots of first-grade tears. He is completely over e-schooling. He hates having me as a teacher. I'm not too fond of him as a student at the moment with all of the temper tantrums that he's throwing over the simplest tasks. Like, you have to write a sentence for each spelling word. This is something that he's done all year long. It's not new. He even did it last year in kindergarten. And this is a kid who loves school, is a model student, is easy for teachers because he's Mr. I'm going to follow the rules. And if there's not a rule, I'm going to invent the rule and make sure I follow it and everybody else follows it. Exactly. 
Except for at home, where now he's, like, on the verge of getting expelled from home I am school. ready to expel him. But also, I realize that this is about the time in the school year when the teachers start bringing in the movies, and you, they watch them for a couple of hours straight. Or extra recess, or yeah. double gym, or Exactly, something. so maybe we need to add a little of that into our e-learning days next week. Well, know. and Kid 4 is walking in, and, like, she gets up early, runs down the hall, bursts into the room, and wakes up her brother's. Mm-hmm. And they're both, they have both have dark circles on their Indeed, eyes these days. So tired. Kid number two is missing his friends and social interaction. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's hard. It's, I think it's becoming hard for him. It's hard too, because he's at, I mean, he's third grade. He's not like his older sister where they're getting into texting and video chats. Yeah. They're third grade boys. Yeah. We did a parade for another person at our school and he got to see one of his best buddies in another car, and they were leaning out the car windows to say hi to each other. And it was so sweet. He had the biggest smile for the rest of the night after that. But that was the extent of the conversation was, hi, I see oh, you. Yeah, you see me. I see you. They're little boys. They don't I, have yeah. a lot to say. <laughs> and that's that's part of the problem with the, you know, they can't, even if you use some of the, the kids' messenger type things. They They're just going to sit and stare at each other. Yeah. Say, look at my truck. I like that. I'm reading this book. Let's watch this movie together. No, thank you. And then, oh, man. Kid one. Kid Kid number one had the biggest week of all. We had to do the big talk portion of family life this week, a.k.a. health class. The big, so the teachers did not give the kids any indication of what they were going to be learning. There were no specific words mentioned to sort of pique their interest at all it was sort of left up to the parents to provide all of the details yeah i loved all the emails going parents please read ahead parents please talk to your kid ahead of time parents do this this this. that's cool and all but i would have loved some support on the teacher side and like i don't want to beat up on the teachers because they've been phenomenal through yeah, this they're whole amazing. thing they had to turn on a dime and convert from in-person learning at the elementary level. And I realize even at the college level they had to do this. But at the elementary level, turn around on a weekend and suddenly do e-learning and work through technology issues. That said, on this specific lesson plan, and maybe it's just me, and I think you're with me on the academic background. When we're learning about the birds and the bees, let's use the scientific terms. Let's not say, literally say, the birds and the bees. I, I think we're past 1956. I think we are, too. Let's use that the, and the proper terms. Watching, we had to do this on video chat. All of the meetings were on video chat. Oh, there's so no hiding your face. Each other. I could see all of my friends. My kid could see all of her friends. And it was just, it was very embarrassing for everyone. Um, but... You know, maybe... Well, for the girls, so the parents... It's yeah, like you guys were having a great time with text messages We were having on. a back channel with text messages and uh, making, you know, funny comments. You were the cool kids in class passing notes. We totally were. And it was so much fun for us. But it would have been nice if the teachers maybe had just mentioned the word sex at one point. Just to throw it out there so I mean, the kids would go, that, oh, what's that? I went to that school, and it was pretty graphic, but on a very scientific, scientific clinical version when I had it in fifth grade. So when they started, you know, you're telling me and, and kid number one are telling me, they're talking about birds and the bees and kid number one is not understanding how birds and bees connect together. And she still doesn't because I didn't bother to explain it to her because it's dumb. <laughs> but I was kind of like rolling my eyes. I'm like, we're going backwards because they had this nailed down in, you know, decades ago when we, we just, look, it's a biological process and we taught it like science class. Yeah, that's not exactly what happened. So they have these videos that they had to watch and I had to sit with my daughter and watch all of them with her. And we they produced like in 1995 or something. No, they're recent. They add new ones every couple of weeks. It's actually a pretty cool website. Um, but I don't want to get too far into that because I also don't really want to critique it too much. Um, but so every so often when we were watching one of the videos, I would pause it and I would ask her questions and like, do you have any questions? Can I explain this particular hormone to you? Do you understand what this word means? Stuff like that. So we got to the part where they mentioned sexual intercourse and I stopped the video and I was like, do you understand what's happening right now? And she said, yeah. And I said, hmm, kid number one, do you understand what that is? Do you know what those words mean? And she said, no, I have no idea what's happening. So I explained it to her 
and her eyes got really big and she turned kind of pink. And I said, okay, do you have any questions? And she sort of said, she said, no. And then we started the video again. And then all of a sudden she stopped it. And I said, oh, do you have a question? Can I answer it for you? And she goes, yes. Mommy, did, did Molly Weasley have red hair the whole time? Are all of them a family of redheads? <laughs> and I just sort of stopped and I was like, wait a minute. That is not where I thought this was going at all. <laughs> and literally every other question she asked for the rest of the night was either directly related to the Weasley family <laughs> or about Harry Potter in general. Were you able to spin Harry Potter at least back to genetics? Um, yes, actually. We had to watch a video on on genetics and the recessive and dominant genes. And so I did sort of tie all of that together for her. And she appreciated that. She was like, this is so cool because she she has red hair. And so she's very interested in how that exactly works. Um, did you get into, like, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley really liked each other? No, she did not want to talk about anything related to sex after that she said it was weird and she was all done talking about it so yeah that was that was an exciting time yay yay and our next two kids after her are boys and then you get to have all this fun when they go through it yay Yay! oh well that's you know merits a drink as does her other big assignment of the week and i feel bad because it's like again the teacher's at all the levels we've worked with, have been just amazing through this whole corona thing. But it was, seems like for kid number one this week, it was not their best week out of the bunch. I, I want to be perfectly clear. I absolutely adore all of the teachers at this school. Yes, but so the big talk thing, and then part of it is it's this package is handed to them and they have to present it. And they've done a great job presenting the package to them. They don't yeah. do the content development for it. It is it, it's a Catholic school. So basically they're handed, it comes through the Catholic pipeline and this is what you will teach. And they've done a great job presenting it, organizing these video chats and group discussions and putting it out there, but they're told what terminology they have to use. Exactly. So my problem with that, that part we just talked about is not actually with the teacher. Nope. However, this one assignment came out and holy cow. And I put a thing out on my personal Facebook about how one of the great tests of a marriage is to on the fly, redesign the interior of your house in the aisles of Ikea. Do it with two, three, four kids who are worn out just to further rub those raw nerves. You know what? And be stuck in traffic and traffic jams or something on the way there to really push it. And also have a broken air conditioner. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I feel like Ikea needs to have some, like, Swedish marriage counselors wandering through with, like, a tray of meatballs, too. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I put this out there along with this next piece I'm going to talk about. But And, of course, everyone's like, your Ikea is open? I'm like, you guys are missing the point. (laughs) Because the test of a real family bonds, I feel like, is trying to help your procrastinating fifth grade daughter who got an assignment on Monday of week nine of being trapped in the house together. Mm-hmm. That's due on Friday yep. to design and build and execute and record a Rube Goldberg machine. If you don't know what these are, the, if you ever played the game mousetrap as a kid, it's the multiple steps of re, you know, just useless systems to do a simple task and make it as complicated as possible. In this case, it was to get a ball and a cup, or we tried to, we took it up a level. We used a five-gallon bucket as our cup, and had to have at least ten steps. Ten so, steps. And you were you were talking to a lot of the other moms, and either they were ready to kill their kid, or their spouse was over there ready to kill the kid because they were the one working with it. And there's usually the one, you know, the ones we were talking to were like your friend you were talking to was working with the kid. It would be the spouse who's in the background with the good idea fairy coming fluttering in with these bright ideas. It's like, shut up. Yeah. They're like, they're all going to get a divorce. My favorite was at the end of it, they got in theirs to work and then her husband came walking in and he goes, it's not complicated enough. Oh my God. (laughs) So this is a level of stress. And well, any other year, brilliant or you know even if this had happened at the beginning of our quarantine time it would have been totally fine or we had a weekend to work on it weekend would have been nice but getting it on monday due on friday everyone's afraid we got 11 days 11 school days left 
And of course our kid procrastinates on it. So then it's like she she designed it and she drew it out on a piece of paper and then she started working on it and then dad jumps in going, Okay, you're gonna be up forever. What's you know, let's start doing this. I'm like things like a book falls on a button, like one of those Christmas stomper buttons mm-hmm. that turns on the fan, the fan moves, the little car and blah 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 it keeps going from there. But the fan, the car wasn't really quite going. Well, like, you know what, I can help you. I got a bigger fan. Got one out in the garage. It airs out my hockey gear. I'll go get it. Then it starts getting more complicated. The Christmas light tree button thing handles electrical outlets and plugs that have two prongs. My big giant fan that airs out my hockey gear is a three prong. It has a ground line on it. And the electrical switch doesn't have that. Do we have an adapter? No. Do we want to go to the store in the age of Rona to go get an adapter? No. So we spent an hour looking for a power cord we haven't seen in over a year. Yes. The <laughs> one that allows, it has that built-in adapter to it. No. Okay. There's part of this was a domino effect of Jenga blocks. Okay. Not bad, but trying to get that every time it went in like another step didn't work correctly. Uh, you know, we had a, a big yardstick with a needle on it falling down, trying to pop a balloon. Well, if it missed the target, have to set all the dominoes back up or if we get partway done and somebody bumps it and they automatically go there were a lot of tears it's a lot of tears uh you know or you know dad sets up three quarters of the line (laughs) kid sets up a quarter of the line kid turns and bumps one and they all go down not to mention where we did this because we were part of her design used the stairs and gravity the dominoes are upstairs on carpet Mm mm-hmm and the Jenga blocks. So they're already a little wobbly to start with. So, yeah, a lot of steps, a lot of raw nerves. And again, oh, actually, that all went down last night. We were going to record this podcast last night. Yep. And it got one. We finished way late. And it kept up the other three kids, too, because mm-hmm. they couldn't even come upstairs. The whole stairs were blocked. We had, like, hockey packs funneling a ball that was going <laughs> down and hitting a box and transferring the energy to release uh, uh, the yardstick that popped the balloon. The balloon would open up the hole and the ball that was supposed to go into the hole would roll right in. And there was like, what else? There was a, a Nerf gun hits a textbook, a physics textbook. Yes. If anyone got that joke on the video I posted on my personal account, they didn't say they anything didn't yet. They didn't say anything. The but fi- I got it. Yeah, the physics book falls, hits the button. And so trying to get the Nerf gun to hit the book so it's just teetering enough, but not falling on its own. That turned on the fan. The fan, we couldn't get the car to go right. So then we had a big uh, phone cord board that would, the fan would blow that. That would hit the car. The car would go down a Hot Wheels ramp, <laughs> hit the dominoes. Yeah. Oh, it took hours. In fact, the original video starting at the finish line and working its way back is a nice sunshine done in the middle of the afternoon. The finish video was after <laughs> sunset. Yeah, we had every light flipped on in the house. Because it seemed like how many different uh, successive approximations of it, like one of the steps would fail. Yeah. And then at one point, we got really lucky because Kid One was recording it. We had switched that role, so I started using the Nerf gun and shooting because like, she had like six rounds in the magazine on the Nerf gun, mm-hmm. and five would miss the book, and the... The, uh, the one that would hit the book would hit it in such a way that it wouldn't knock it over. So it's like, look, sweetie, I'll shoot. You shoot the video. And at one point, I look at my phone, I'm like, holy cow, we're at 1%. <laughs> that would have been so bad. <laughs> yeah. Our luck, if I had not noticed that, our luck would have been, it would have worked great, and the phone would have died. Yep. But it finished, and here we are, about 24 hours, actually, not quite 24 hours later. Eh, about 24 hours later. And it's time for a cocktail. Definitely. What are we? But aside from e-schooling, what else was going on, Jess? We did Kid Meal Part 2 this week where they they decided they wanted to continue cooking once a week. They thought that was pretty fun. And we said, okay, great, but you need to make it diet-friendly for us so that we can eat it too because we don't like to make more than one so meal. So we gave them three options. Yeah. All of which... Um, fit how what we eat mm-hmm. and they decided on taco night taco night pretty so, flexible we can do what they like and we can customize what we need to eat for us mm-hmm. so kid number one made shredded chicken breast tacos in a slow cooker they were so good 
Kid number two made Mexican street corn that was roasted with a feta herb, herb sauce. That kid, was not that big of a hit. Uh, no, none of them ate it. They, they, you know what? Our kids are weird. They do not enjoy sauces. You know what? I like that sauce. I thought it was great. I put it I on my taco. Sad that I couldn't eat the corn. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, they not. Well, the corn was roasted in the oven mm-hmm. with the sauce on it, and then another layer of sauce went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kid number three made strawberry shortcake sammies from scratch, and kid number four made guacamole with help. She smashed the garlic like a champ. And she peeled it with she, her with teeny tiny fingers. <laughs> she did. She peeled the garlic clove, singular. Mm-hmm. I did like six. We like lots of garlic in our guacamole, but then she did a great job with the smashing. Mm-hmm. Laid the knife down, and then it was one of those plastic knives. And she just slapped it and kept yeah. slapping. She thought it was so much fun. But yeah, so aside from the Mexican street corn, all four of the kids snarfed down their dinner, and it was amazing. And then we could actually eat it, too, and it really was delicious. Yeah, we just skipped the tortillas on our tacos. We had mm-hmm. you know, basically lettuce wraps, and we ate the same thing they did. Oh, we didn't eat the actual corn, but I, like I said, I took the sauce with the feta cheese in it. I didn't think to do that. And drizzled it over <laughs> my taco. Yeah. And I didn't have the uh, the strawberry shortcake. I didn't have it either. But it looked wonderful. Hey, Kid 3 made those biscuits from scratch. Mm-hmm. Then he made a little sandwich out of He took the strawberries and macerated them mm-hmm. with the sugar and everything. And then he made whipped cream from scratch. He needed a little help because you crank that power mixer or hand mixer up to 9, the highest setting. It gets a little wild for that little guy. So I held the bowl. <laughs> well, because you got to hold the bowl and hold the hand mixer. So I held the bowl so he could put two hands on the hand mixer. Yeah. But he whipped his own whipped cream. That's awesome. And then we did a little gardening this week. We did. The kids got you little gardening kits for Mother's Day. And this is from a... We we had meant to do this years ago. You actually got a Christmas present worth the, one of these kits. And I don't even know where it is. We never... It has disappeared. We never planted it. But it's from the Backyard Safari Company. Not a sponsor. But nope. these things are so cute. We're, we're, we're happy to say it. They come in little egg crates, and they've got all sorts of ones of grow pizza, grow salsa, grow chilies. And you uh, you ended up with grow your own honeybee habitat, grow your own colors, which is just wildflowers, mm-hmm. grow your own herbs, and grow your own cocktails, which is the really fun cocktails, one. Cocktails, yay! And you open it up, and it has little sticks for labeling, a little golf pencil, it has the instructions. And it has some dehydrated, compacted dirt to grow them in. So you, you take these little, like, biscuits, pour a cup of water on them, and all of a sudden, now you've got nice soil. You put it into the egg crate. You put your seeds in. It gives you the instructions. After about three weeks, you transplant it into something larger. So we've got that going. Kid number four was a little disappointed because we planted them. Mm-hmm. We put the seeds in. We put them out by the sun. And then she went down for a nap. And when she got up, She's like, it's still dirt. Yeah. Mommy, where, where are the flowers? She said, where are the baby flowers? Like the baby birds. They've hatched. Where are the baby flowers? I said, oh, that's going to take about three weeks. <gasps> what do you mean? Yeah. Three weeks is a eternity to it is. kid number Especially four. when you're stuck at home not doing anything else other than literally watching dirt. And in the Grow Your Own Herb Garden, what were the herbs that they included? Do you remember? We've got thyme and oregano and Italian parsley and basil and sage and chives. Sweet. Yeah. And the cocktails. Do we have like a margarita and uh, <laughs> Mai Tai and Old yes, Fashioned? Yes, a tree that grows Mai Tai. That would be amazing. Well, we should have gotten that pizza kit too because then we could get a Hawaiian and a Meat Lovers just coming Some off the of branches. The yeah. Can. That'd be great in Michigan. Uh, so for Grow Your Own Cocktails, it's got mint and lavender and thyme and Thai basil and lemon balm and borage. And it came with uh, cocktail recipes that use all of these in it. So this is going to be fun. We're definitely going to be reporting back on this and giving a review on it. So yeah. hopefully they turn out. I think that they will. There, there were a lot of seeds in those packets. So I'm sure at least one of each is going to take root and grow and make something happen. Well, we'll give updates, but... Probably not next week because mm-hmm. this is going to take like three weeks before they even pop up if it sticks to the mm-hmm. schedule. And then we have to move them. 
But if anyone else wants to try and experiment with this too, uh, Backyard Safari Company, they're out of Georgia. Georgia, USA, not... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not Georgia, not, for, not former Soviet Republic. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. It'll be a nice re- little review and cocktails. Cocktails, everyone loves cocktails. And if that wasn't enough for one week, we also have uh, the Laker Duel going on. So this is part of the Summer Racing Club, which is kind of the sister group to the Red Arrow Challenge and Red Arrow Health and Wellness. This is the summer conditioning program and club that I do as part of my coaching as a uh, high school and middle school coach. And we have virtual races and we've done this before. And with the whole Corona thing and the track season getting shut down, we kicked it off in the spring and I added a few extra races. And so knowing that it would be cool because we're here in Michigan, I didn't want to include uh, swimming yet because these are multi-sport races trying to cross train and not wear the kids out over the summer in terms of just run 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 yeah make it fun and make it fun for the adults too so this was the laker duel was a bike and a run virtual race and depending on your age group you were assigned distances our whole family did this even kid number four kid number four it was kid number four's first race and she's just a little thing so she had to bike a half mile and run a quarter mile mm-hmm. she did great very proud of her. She's so very proud, proud of, of herself. herself. And then she's going around like, oh, my legs are sore. I don't think for a second her legs were sore. It's just everybody else in the family was whining about being I mean, sore. My legs were super sore. I was yeah. ready to die at the end but, of this. Well, one point she was telling me her legs were sore as she was bouncing on the couch. Yep. Yeah, you're not sore. She's kid. just being dramatic. So we all did this. Uh, I think it went fairly well. I was pretty excited for my piece uh, on the bike. I was able to, even though it went out, and we looked at the radar. We really had two good days on the forecast to really squeeze this in. And we've got four kids. So you took the warmer, what was supposed to be the warmer, nicer day. Mm-hmm. And I took the colder day. So I went out and there was some wind. And of course, the wind's coming in just away a certain angle where I did my bike portion in the neighborhood, which is a big loop. But just as I come to the top of the hill and I turn and where I should start picking up speed going downhill, I turn the corner and it's bam, cold, cold air. And I went out and I'm wearing my my gear that I would wear when it's like in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, it was in the low 50s. Crap, <laughs> you know, because while I'm prepping my bike, I'm on the side of the house, I'm fine. And I'm in the sunshine. Part of the neighborhood is shady. Uh, in terms of light, <laughs> no, we live in a, not the actual neighbors and stuff. That's great. It was just it, let's say it was shaded. It was shaded, uh, and then I was out of the wind while I was setting up, and then went out. And kid number one and I went out and did ours um, together. She only had to go six miles. I had to go twelve miles. And you know, knowing that this was for time, our neighborhood is relatively flat with one slight, you know, slight hill to it. Mm-hmm course where I should be picking up speed man just cold wind every time you're doing a lot and in addition we had some people who were parking their cars weird and lots of amazon usps fedex ups delivery trucks coming through but with all that i still managed to keep my average above 18 miles an hour which was pretty exciting uh, i thought for me and also for the running portion being a cross-country coach i know all the local courses Instead of trying to run around the neighborhood, or which is just boring, or going and running along roads where you also have to stop for traffic and be more aware, Kid One and I went out to one of the local cross-country courses. That's a closed park. We didn't have to worry about traffic. There weren't many people there. There's a two-mile course because she had to do a two-mile, and I had there's a five-mile course, which or not five-mile, five-k course, and I had to do it the five-k. So we were able to go and run uninterrupted. So kind of setting things in our favor. To not worry about extra distractions, kind of like we had to do when we did the bike piece. And for me, that was my best 5K time as an adult. High school me, junior high me running cross country would have been appalled by the time. Fat adult me, or less fat now, uh, that was the best recorded 5K time I've had. So I was pretty excited about that, especially on a course where the finish line is an uphill climb. And I didn't like go well, I'm just going for virtual distance. I'll just veer off to the side where it's flat and finishing. I'm like, no, I'm running this course the way it's supposed to be run, like my high school athletes run it. They finish on an uphill sprint. I'm going to sprint up this thing uh, uphill. Mm -hmm. 
And then I had to go find kid one who wasn't done yet and then go, oh, perfect. <laughs> we actually went and um, she hadn't run that while well, she had ran it a few years ago, but was had a guide with her who was one of my junior high runners. She didn't remember it. So we actually walked the full two mile course with her. And then I started her on her run. Mm-hmm. And then I ran over to my start. And then I did my 5K. Then I finished and I had to go find her. <laughs> and then together we finished her two miles. So nice. I. Her two miles took longer than my my 3.1 miles. But still, really excited. I'm going on about this. Uh, currently, because I can see the results coming in, and we've logged ours. Everyone who I thought were going to be kind of like, well, you know, they're in my age group, and they're going to do pretty good. So far, I've come in ahead of them out of the ones who've turned in their times. And, like, one, like, the principal of the kids' elementary school is training for triathlons. He's, uh, as far as I can tell, has always been pretty fit. He's a pretty fit dude just narrowly came in ahead of him so that was pretty exciting for me and there's a few other just very active uh runners i'm like they're and they are active with biking and outdoors and so far i've just man you know my time is just kind of holding there and they're coming close but not there now there's always like the ones i'm not expecting <laughs> the ones who don't post much many uh, distances who could come flying in at the last minute but so far, I'm like, wow, this, I'm, I'm pumped about it. It's awesome. As for you? So I was actually pretty jazzed about mine, too. I know that I got the warmer day, but actually it was pretty windy, and that wind was cold, so that kind of sucked. But I finished both legs of my race in under an hour each, and I'm super excited about that because usually it takes me a little bit over an hour for each part. Of this sort of race. Well, in your summer target for 10 miles, wasn't that just by the end of the summer you wanted to be get your ten, hit the 10 mile mark on a bike ride under one hour? Yes. And that you was did my big goal. Miles. And I did 12 miles in under 60 minutes. And I was so excited. I did a happy dance after I got off my bike and stretched my legs for a minute. And then I did the dance. Anyways, then I did the running leg, which I actually walked because I don't run. With kid number one tagging along, and she talked nonstop the whole time. But I also finished that 5K in under an hour, and that is actually pretty amazing for me. And I think I should add in here, one of the caveats for this race are that both legs of the race had to be finished on the same calendar day. Yeah. So it's not like you could go take a nap. I wish. Or wait for kid one to go watch another family life video or read a Harry Potter book. Yeah, no. All in one day, in the same time frame. We did it. Uh, kid number three, I felt bad for. Uh, he got off to an awesome start, but he was a little nervous uh, about the whole two miles on his bike. He, I mean, he had a shorter distance. So he asked for me to put his training wheels back on just in case. And then he got out there. He, got, uh, he was doing a half-mile loop four times. Got three loops completed, goes to do his last lap, and one of the training wheels falls off. Yep. And it was just enough to throw off the balance and everything, and he crashed it. So then we had to do take it into the pits. Now the rules are, once you start a leg, the clock keeps running until you cross the finish line for that leg. And then it stops, and you don't restart it to the next leg. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about transition time. Well, okay. And I asked him, do you want to redo the first three laps? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, the clock's going to run while Dad plays pit crew on your bike. We put a, a different training wheel on. So it did. And so he had a horrible time for his his bike. But then he went and did the run. And he kid one and kid two are doing the same lengths. They're close in age. And kid two, or sorry, kid uh, two and kid three. So kid three is the one with the bike that we had to go into the pits with the clock running. But he did an amazing run. He did. He's so fast. He blew his brother out of the water. However, because of the bike fiasco, his older brother, you know, ended up with a time that's like, three or five minutes faster for the total time so when people see this because it's going to get published for the the club um they're gonna like oh yeah the older kid went faster it's like no no you don't understand i mean kid number three ran times that some of my junior high runners can't do he only had to run a mile but he ran a mile time that's faster than some of my junior high kids and he's a first grader yep i can't wait for this kid to get older and i mean i I love yeah, no, let's not go rushing things. Let's not go rushing things. I do a lot enjoy just having him be a first grader, and it's fun. But, boy, he's going to be fun when he's older. 
That's the big excitement with the Summer Racing Club. But for the Red Arrow Challenge here in that Red Arrow Health and Wellness, our club, our virtual challenge, week four is done. Week five is in progress. So let's give some kudos to those week four champions in each of the uh, different activities. Swimming. Not a lot of swimming going on yet, but the men, as we mentioned before, Gator Boy. Gator Boy's back. He was on top in the 2029 division, as well as El Tiburon 95 in the 40 to 49. Running. Nine and under was Yellow Ninja. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29 was a tie with Smytha and Super Mario. 30 to 39 was Helmet 85. 40 to 49, Try Try Again. And 50 to 59, Jmar. Walking. Nine and under, a new name on the list, Alina 2010. 10 to 19, JoJo, 20 to 29, Smytha, 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach, 40 to 49, another new name on the list, Fernanda, 50 to 59, Bill, 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill, <laughs> so gangsta, 70 to 79, No No Don, and still no 80 to 89 year olds and no 90 and ups. Viking on road. 9 and under, Vivian, 10 to 19, Allie, 20 to 29, MC Grant. Nice to see that MC Grant has rejoined us. He must have went on vacation or something. He didn't turn anything in for a while. 30 to 39, Cyclopath, 40 to 49, El Tiburon, 95, 50 to 59, A.R. Miller, 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. Biking off-road. Not as many of these. 20 to 29, it was a tie between Smytha and Super Mario. No 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, Cyclone. And 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. Sit down paddling. 10 to 19, Bailey's. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Stand up paddling. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Cross-country skiing. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95, and 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. Skating. 10 to 19, JoJo, and 20 to 29, Gator Boy. Hockey. Sadly, still no hockey. The local rink even gave, threw in the towel and finally pulled the ice out. It had to be done. They were planning a uh, rink maintenance in August where they were going to take down the ice and everything, but... Boy, you know, with this nine weeks off now, mm-hmm. well, they were going to be off for spring break anyway, so eight weeks off, can't really afford to take it down in August, so they took it down now, they're going to put the ice back in, put a fresh paint job, so that when we can finally get back on the ice and start doing things, whenever that is, it'll be perfect. It will be perfect. I miss hockey. I know. And points. For points, nine and under, Yellow Ninja came out on top. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29, MC Grant. 30 to 39, Helmet 85. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95. 50 to 59, Bill. 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. 70 to 79, No No Don. And then there are featured members. When it comes down to just you and me, I won in running this week. I don't run. Yeah, you didn't run at all this week. I know. But you won in biking on the road and walking. And those are two things I actually did also. (laughs) Yay, me. (laughs) So you did. However, uh, my running was enough to carry me over the top because I did walk and I did uh, bike. But I also ran. So it gave me enough points to win against you in points. Fine. Suck it, Jessica. Shut it, Marco. How's your week five going? Uh, it It's going well. I've gotten on my bike, and I've been, it's been a little rainy, so I've had to be on that treadmill. Uh, but I've done it, gotten some entries in, so that's good. Racking up the miles. How's your week five going, Marco? You know, I was, I was planning on it being a big week. <laughs> so far, the only day I could get on my bike was the day that I did uh, the Laker Duel, the virtual race. And then we also had Rube Goldberg machine night that like yeah that really messed that really messed up things you know like it was actually really nice out it was nice out and the the rain had stopped because we've had just bands of rain coming through so and you and I were planning like well we'll go outside and go for a bike ride or we'll go for a walk or a run or at least we'll get on the treadmill 
no, we're doing Rube Goldberg to 10.30 at night. Woot. And it was just, at that point, it's like, we're not working out at this point. Nope. So all in all, it's going pretty good. In fact, I even got on the treadmill tonight before we did this. Me too. Got in a three and a half mile run, uh, turned on YouTube, uh, Foo Fighters in, live in Hyde Park. That kept me jazzed up going through it. Awesome. Keep moving, keep moving for everybody out there. And can't wait to see uh, what week five looks like. It's going to be amazing. Sweet. For our main feature tonight, we've been doing a lot on cooking lately. We did a week in the life. We did what's for dinner. We've been posting recipes on our site. Took a short pause from that when it ran into the technical issues, but there should be more coming up. So, you know, that got us thinking, cooking, food. And for those of you who cook, there's a lot to do with the trinities. Uh, The trinity of French cooking. Onions, carrots, and celery seems to go in everything. The trinity of Cajun cooking. Onions and bell pepper and celery. Well, when it comes to weight loss or fitness, if you don't aren't looking to lose weight, you just want to maintain and be fit, we have a trinity for that too. The trinity of weight loss and fitness, diet, or if you prefer nutrition, exercise, and sleep. Both of us have found that you do one of those, you're not really going to see results. Nope. You do two of those, you're going to see some results, kind of mixed results. If you can get all three working together at the same time, you have a great time. If you can get what you're putting into your body correct, your physical exercise correct, and the sleep, the recharging piece correct, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be great along your way. Now, getting all three components to work together in life with four kids and everything else going on, easier said than done. But that trinity of nutrition, exercise, and sleep, you got to find a way to at least get two of them together, if not all three. Now, we've, we've talked about diet and nutrition some, and we'll talk about it more. We talk about exercise all the time. I mean, we've got the Red Arrow Challenge. We just finished talking about exercise. We've got, for us, we've got the Summer Racing Club, too, and virtual races, because that's all we got going on. All the, all the real races have been shut down at the moment. Uh, but we haven't really spoken about sleep. So... That's what we're going to do tonight. Tonight is our sleep show. And for this, we're going to run through our top 10 tips. Keeping it simple. 10 tips for better sleep. So I'll kick it off. Okay. Number one is, first and foremost, be realistic. You are not going to fall asleep immediately when you go to bed. So don't even think, oh. That would be amazing. Yeah. Now, there are those times where you're just so completely exhausted where, like, when we had very, very young children, usually newborns home, I could set my head on a pillow and bam, I'm out. Sometimes I was out before I hit the pillow. (laughs) Uh, That is not quality sleep. On a regular basis, any given night of the week, you're not going to get right into bed and fall asleep immediately. So don't expect to. And then you got to plan your schedule around this. If you're going to go to bed at 11 p.m., and you've set your alarm for 7 a.m. Don't expect that, you know, that's eight hours away that, oh boy, I'm going to get eight full hours of sleep. Dream on. It's not happening. One, you're not getting in bed every night on the dot. Two, you're not falling asleep right away. So you're already right there. If you're going for eight hours of sleep, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be in bed long enough. That leads into another point about that is, Not every person needs eight hours of sleep. It is a recommendation based on research and large sample sizes. Some people need more. Some people need less. Some people can function on less. Good for those weirdos. (laughs) Um, But the flip side of that is not everyone has time for eight hours of sleep. Mm -mm. And really, you got to factor on more time than that in bed. Just get that sleep and building up those habits and getting used to that. So be realistic. If you live a lifestyle where seven hours is really all you can manage or six hours is all you can manage, then that's what you manage. Mm-hmm. But don't go, oh, it's a fa- I'm a failure if I can't get eight hours. No, you're just a busy person. Try to get as much as you can and what you get, try to make sure it's quality. So again, be realistic. Along with that, along with making sure you have enough time to be in bed, 
if you go to bed at 11 p.m. and you have toddlers or younger <laughs> children who gets up at 6 a.m. in the morning, don't expect a full eight hours of sleep because you're going to be up shortly after 6 a.m. when they come in and wake you up or start, in our case, ours opens the door, pokes her head out, see if anyone's around. Nope. Slams the door. Slams. Three minutes later, pokes her head out. Nobody around. Slams the door. So there's door slamming. Super fun game. She doesn't really come into our bedroom and bother us. None of them do. No, they just, they'll knock on our door forever. Mm-hmm. And that's great. You know, some households, the kids come in and jump on mom and dad. Whatever. That's the family dynamic you have. Mm-hmm. But the door slamming, there's, right? I'm up. I'm up. I'm getting up. So be realistic. Whatever your family dynamic is, you've got to build that in and plan on how much sleep you're going to get. If you know your kid is getting up at 6 a.m. every morning and you want eight hours of sleep, you've got a back plan to make sure you've got enough to work with. The best way to put this all together is figure out how much you currently get. Take a baseline. Now, there's a couple ways to do this. You can do it old school, keep a notepad next to the bed with a pencil. When did you go to bed? About how much did you sleep? What time did you get up? Kind of tedious. If you have an activity tracker, like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, most of these do this for you automatically. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the features. So use the data there. Easy. You don't have to do anything. It mm-hmm. automatically detects when you fell asleep and when you went to bed. Go back, review that. Look over several weeks because there's going to be outlier days. Who knows? Maybe you have to stay up late and do a Rube Goldberg machine or something. <laughs> Maybe one of your kids is constipated and full of crap and you got to stay up with them holding their stomach all upset. Stuff happens. So ignore the outliers. Look for the general pattern. When are you usually going to bed? When are you usually getting up? Then from that, you can make adjustments. So now we're going to talk about some environment factors. So tip number two, set the mood. Yeah. Yeah. You want it to be dark. As dark as possible. We actually have um, sunlight blocking curtains in our room. And they're actually black on the side that faces us. And then I think they're also black on the side that faces the street. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. And they work exceptionally well at blocking out all of the sunlight. For the part of the window they block. Well, yeah. Because we have this goofy half circle window thing that's super high in the air. And they don't really make curtains for those. So anyways, they work really well. And I highly recommend them. We don't have night lights. We don't have like the bathroom light on. It's it's as dark as we can possibly or make like, it. When I was in high school, I had a lava lamp going when I went to bed at night. Really? Yeah. Or you, there's the kid across the street. I'm assuming it's the kid, not the, the parents. Oh yeah. Where it looks like a rave or a disco going on in one of the bedroom windows in the upstairs of the house across the street every night, like flashing colored lights. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on in that. I'm bedroom, assuming but I'm it's the high, it's the high school senior. Probably. And not our, the husband and wife. <laughs> but maybe it is. And maybe that's their thing. And who knows? Um, you also want it. Yeah. So no flashing lights, no night lights, no, no glows from TVs or electronics. None of that. If you have an alarm, like an old school alarm clock next to your bed and you find that that is, that light is bothersome, you can actually take like a note card and prop it up against the timer or you can turn it to face against the wall or whatever you need to do to make the light not shine on your face. Throw a t-shirt over it. Yeah, that works too. You want it to be cool in your room. We have our temperature set to, I think, 68 degrees at night. And actually, if it goes lower than that, I'm okay with it because I like it to be a little bit chilly. I like to snuggle into my blanket. We used to set it cooler until we had little kids. Yeah. Actually, I think 65 is actually really good temperature for us to sleep i feel like i do my best sleeping around then for us as adults but when we got little tiny bodies and especially when they're they not quite old enough, old enough for large blankets yet mm-hmm. and they're still wearing their footy jammies is their primary insulation yeah we got to keep it a little warmer right and then noise versus no noise some people need to have a white noise machine like me some people like for it to be completely silent so it's it's a personal preference, whatever whatever makes you comfortable and will help lull you to sleep, you should definitely do that. Whatever works for you, you do you. Yeah. I know for me, and like the white noise, you've got an app on your phone, 
but like on nights where you're staying up working on stuff and like I gotta go to bed and I go to bed and it's dead silent in our room I <laughs> I can be extremely tired and I can't fall asleep at least not as fast as I normally do because we don't have the white noise generator because mm-hmm. it's an app you're not there snoring or whatever hey hmm 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 Fans work really well for white noise if you need that. And having it dark and the noise feeds into tip number three. Get the TV out of your bedroom. Yep. No People, TV. you know, you know what? Netflix and chill. Awesome. Cool. Get it out of your bedroom. Go Netflix and chill on the couch or something <laughs> in the living room. If you really want to watch, uh, you know, just snuggle into bed and watch a movie. You know, you can get a small projector and project it on the wall. But on a regular basis, get out of the habit of trying to fall asleep with the TV on and the sleep timer on. The light from the TV is not conducive to trying to fall asleep. The noise is not conducive to falling asleep. It's engaging you. I mean, come on. TV programs are meant to be engaging so you'll keep watching so they can keep getting ad revenue if you're still watching standard television with commercials. It's meant to be attention-grabbing and cognitively engaging. Get the TV out of the room. We used to go to sleep every night with the sleep timer on, and we kept resetting. It's like, oh, the TV went off. Go turn it on and set it for another hour and a half or something. Yeah, that was like all of grad school. We had horrible sleep habits in grad school from the stress and the workloads, and then we were doing things like that, you know, like, oh, I'll just have the TV on, and we'd be up late with that and couldn't sleep. And look what happened, too. We also added tons and tons of weights to our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do yourself a favor. Get the TV out of the bedroom. I know when, like, if, if you're of a certain age, you remember the TV show MTV Cribs, and they, like, walk into the bedroom. This is where the magic happens. And they were always showing off the TVs. It would rise and lower. And oh, yeah. Who's got the biggest TV in their bedroom? Who cares? Get the TV out of your bedroom. You will sleep better without it. Train your body. If you want to go watch TV, go to another room. Mm -hmm. If you want to go sleep, go to your bedroom. Okay, so the next bunch all have to do with biochemistry. Tip number four is limit afternoon and evening caffeine. This includes sodas and coffee and... Some teas. Some teas actually have caffeine in them. So you you want to be wary of that. 4 p.m. is a pretty good cutoff point. It should give you that last little boost that you need to get to the end of your day, but it shouldn't keep you up all night. And this, of course, varies based on your own sensitivity. In line with the recommendation about caffeine, tip number five, don't eat right before going to bed. Now, this isn't a kind of gremlins, mogwai (laughs) type thing, but... You know, for some people, it's a matter of there's heartburn sensitivity issues. If you eat a bunch of food and then go lay horizontal, you put yourself at risk of heartburn. Uh, other people, not so much. But you're not going to burn off those those calories. In fact, you risk, depending on what you ate, converting uh, those nutrients, those building blocks, down in, into fat. You then just have to work harder to burn off. Yes, your body does have a metabolism. Yes, you are using some energy when you're sleeping, but not very much. Ultimately, I mean, the food is to fuel your body. So have a bigger breakfast, have a bigger lunch, have a light dinner, but don't go raid the fridge right before you get into bed. And and, uh, be honest, if you're raiding the fridge right before you jump into bed, you're not in there grabbing carrot sticks and celery. You're grabbing Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> out of the fridge? <laughs> no, they're out of the cabinet. You're getting something on how you're reading the the chocolate chips in the pantry, or finding some cookies, or something. You know, like you're not doing yourself any favor. So, just don't eat right before bed. The other thing is, you know, there's some biochemistry going on there. The way the body works, you're not helping yourself have quality sleep. And there's also the weird dream factor. Some people just have those weird dreams after they eat. Is that actually tied to what you ate? You'd have to talk to a neuropsychologist that specializes in that, but there seems to be a nice little correlation between weird meals and strange dreams. Best plan, set a a reasonable cutoff point where it's like, you know what? I'm done eating for the night. I'm done snacking for the night. Heading to bed in an hour or two or more, I'm done eating. Tip number six is about screen time and blue light. 
So you are going to want to decrease your blue light exposure before bed. That means that you should not be playing on your cell phone as you lay down to go to bed because that blue light that's being emitted from it is actually gonna mess up your circadian rhythms and it's gonna seriously affect your sleep, both in terms of being able to fall asleep as well as affect the quality of sleep you're going to get. So some devices will let you adjust the color settings based on the time. You know, my iPhone will let me turn it to um, like a warmer setting, which is kind of nice. And for, by warmer, if you're not familiar, the when we say blue light, the standard light emitted by most electronic devices has blue wavelengths in it. It might look bright white to you, but it's actually a blue light. It's got that glow. Mm -hmm. And on the smartphones, and most of them, like, uh, I know our iPhones do. I assume the all the uh, Androids. Yeah, the Androids and comparable models. When you go to the warmer light settings, and you can set a timer where it switches over. Uh, the warmer, it's more of an orangey yellow. Yeah, it's just. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it other than warm. Yeah. Um, well, orangey yellow. So cutting out the screen time will also allow your mind to start to settle. And of course, your sensitivity to this is going to vary. Some people are seriously affected by it, like little kids are extremely sensitive to it, um, whereas adults might not be as sensitive as their children. So you kind of need to play with it and see what time, what cutoff time is going to work best for you. I think that a cutoff time of 30 to 60 minutes before bed is a good target for an adult. For children, it should probably be longer than that, just because they're, it's going to take their mind their mind's a little bit longer to settle down and like process, okay, now it's time to sleep. I'm going to do my bedtime routine and I'm going to lay down and go to sleep. And this, of course, overlaps with tip number three of get the TV yes. out of the bedroom. Yep, because that light is also going to mess with your circadian rhythms and affect your sleep. And you, if you went full MTV Cribs, you probably have a giant TV, which emits lots of blue light. Mm -hmm. Get the TV out of your bedroom. <laughs> Staying with the biochemistry theme, tip number seven has to do with exercise. When you exercise, you're releasing endorphins. You're possibly even releasing you know, an adrenaline rush, depending on what kind of workout you're doing. And mm -hmm. if you're like playing late night hockey games or if you're doing late night running or you're hopping on the treadmill. Uh, maybe not so much treadmill, but if you're super competitive, if you're doing a Peloton yes. where someone's pushing, you got the music going. So how much adrenaline you're releasing uh, changes, but you got the endorphins, you got that runner's high, all that going on. It takes time to come down. It takes time to unwind. For late night hockey games, it's really rough. I know if I have the late time slot, you know, the game ends. I'm not going home and going straight to bed. Well, one, my wife would kill me because I'd stink, but I'm not coming home and going <laughs> to the shower and straight to bed. Uh, there's, there's very few, at the local rink, there's very few shower stalls. I know it's going to take me a couple hours to kind of just mellow out after I get home before I can go to bed, which is, again, for the late night games, it's rough. When possible, try to wrap up your workouts two or three hours before you get in bed because your body's just not ready to go to sleep after you've had an intense workout, especially one where you're really fired up. If it's some sort of competitive thing, if you've got late night racquetball, or you're in a softball league, or you're just somebody who likes to go for a run after you know put the kids to a bed and go out for a run, you're not walking in the door, taking a shower, and jumping in bed and going to sleep. It just doesn't work that way. And if you do fall asleep, maybe as a cat nap, you're gonna be back up about yep. 15 minutes later. So plan accordingly. And our last three tips have to do with habits and routines. So number eight, give yourself time to wind down. When it's time for bed or you're ready or you're ready to go to bed, go. Don't stop to change the laundry load. Don't stop to reload the dishwasher. Don't check and respond to emails. Don't do anything else. As soon as you feel that sleepy feeling, stand up, walk to bed, brush your teeth, go to bed. Nothing else. Because you want to you want to catch that sleepy time feeling so that you can make the best use of it. Yeah, don't start doing activities that are just going to wind you back up. You're there changing laundry loads, then you start thinking about the next load, and then you start thinking about the oh, what's going on, what's my morning it's meeting, scary. what's the agenda, and then you've got all these thoughts running through your head, and you just can't go to sleep. You, you want to relax that brain. And then there's tip number nine. Make bed a place for sleep, or 
Well, maybe one other activity. <laughs> uh, you want to let your body know that when it, what goes on in bed and what does not. Uh, there's a time and a place for everything. Don't work in bed. Have a home office somewhere else, not on your bed. You are not Hugh Hefner in the early days of his publishing career where he ran his magazine completely from his bed. Don't work from your bed. Don't have your laptop in bed. Don't eat in bed. You have a kitchen or an eating area or a dining or something. Go go there. Don't put crumbs and all sorts of stuff in your bed and don't have your body, what goes on here? You wouldn't want to sleep in your office. You wouldn't want to sleep on the kitchen table. You wouldn't want to do other things that you do in your bed on your kitchen table. Or maybe you do, but you probably want to wash it before you eat there. Giggity. Yeah, giggity kitty. <laughs> uh, save the, make the bedroom a place for sleeping and maybe the occasional other activity. But keep it to that. Don't work there. Don't eat there. If you want, if you're a reader, go find a little reading nook or a reading chair somewhere else to read. Don't sit in bed and read and make that your reading spot. Set the set the mood, like we've said before, set the stage and use it for its intended purposes, plural. And tip number 10, can't sleep, get out of the bedroom. Don't just lay in bed staring at the ceiling. Counting sheep doesn't work either. Or cracks in the ceiling. Yeah. After 30 to 40 minutes of laying there tossing and turning and trying to fluff up your pillow to get it just right and make your blankets absolutely perfect. If sleep is not happening, just get up and leave. Come back when you start to feel tired again. I know that for me, if I can't get to sleep, I will actually walk uh, down to our library and I'll sit and knit. Yes, we are nerdy enough that we, we have a library. We have so many books. <laughs> um, I'll sit on the on the chair down there and just knit and I'll knit and knit and knit until my Hands get tired, and eventually my brain gets tired, and I stop thinking about all of those thoughts, and then I'm ready to go back upstairs and try and sleep again. Uh, other times, if I don't have a project that I'm working on with my knitting needles, I'll take out my journal and do just free writing. Anything that pops into my head, I'm going to write it down, and I will do that to the point of exhaustion. And then once my mind is quiet, and I think that it's time to go to sleep, I'll go back upstairs and climb into bed. So those are our 10 tips. Uh, before we go, though, we want to share a little bit about implementation. How? Okay, that's all good, well and good. You may have heard some of those before. You may have heard all of them before. Who knows? Uh, they're, they're based in scientific research, but we try to keep it from getting too boring and nerdy. But how do you put that into practice? How do we apply it? Well, that's the implementation piece. So the first part is get yourself organized. Now, I do want to say organization is not a genetic trait. <laughs> People go, well, so-and-so is just organized, and I'm just not. I just didn't get that gene passed down. It's not a genetic trait. It's also not a personality disorder. Well, they're organized, and I'm not. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Being organized is a learned behavior. Anyone can learn it. Anyone can add it to their repertoire. Anyone can make themselves become organized. It's just a matter of doing it and reinforcing it and keeping it there. Part of being organized uh, is setting a schedule. And in this day and age with smartwatches and smartphones, it's easier than ever because you really don't have to be that overly organized because it does the work for you. Let you know. Let that digital assistant do something. It is a smartphone. Let it be smart for you. You can set up alarms for your quit eating alarm. You can set up an alarm for your I need to wind down alarm. You can set up an alarm for going to bed. Now, I do want to add, though. Now, I do want to add, when you're picking your alarms, be sure you pick something soothing for your alarm or set it to a vibrate. If you have a jarring alert, it's counterproductive because it heightens wake up. Don't set some sort of death metal song that you have <laughs> on your playlist as, oh, that's my, I got to go to bed. No, you just perked back up your mind and went, whoa, time to be awake. Time to think about what's going on. Classical music's good. So not something too rousing. Just it's a slow song. Something, oh, call me like, hell. it's mellow. It's time to go to bed. And lastly, be consistent. You have to do this every single day for weeks on end for it to take 
root and for it to become a new habit for you. You're breaking old habits and creating new habits. And that's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one night. You can try all these things in the first night and like, oh, I tossed and turned. I tried it all for one night. It's not, come on. This gets back to tip number one, be realistic. It takes time for your body to adjust. So give it the time, give it the chance, but you need to be consistent for to have that chance. Mm -hmm. And then if you are doing all of this consistently and you're still having trouble sleeping, falling asleep or staying asleep, you need to seek professional assistance. You need to go talk to your doctor and talk about all of the things that you've tried and how they're maybe not working or not working as well. And he or she can direct you to some tests and some things that could be done to help you. And if one of those things is a sleep study, be sure to take a selfie and put it on social media with all the wires hooked up. This can be <laughs> awesome looking. Come on, have some fun with it. And with that, it's time to wrap up yet another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We've got some great things lined up for the next uh, podcast coming ahead, especially next week's. Really excited about it. We've already so oh, I know we've already started working on the content for that one. Uh, so check back. We put them up weekly. Hope you download them, tune in, subscribe, all that fun podcast stuff. Uh, we enjoy making them, and you know, the downloads keep increasing. So apparently, Yay! people like listening to it. But for now. Jess, it's been fun. Loads of fun, Marco. Let's do it again next week. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye.